0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of The Trail Podcast. My name is Matthew Wordenham and I'm a physiotherapist working alongside the trail team here at La Trobe University. This is part two of a two-part series with Dr. Peter Bruckner. If you have not already, you should listen to episode three, where Peter talks about his interest in sports, sports medicine and the management of knee injuries in elite athletes. So, without further ado, welcome back to part two of the Trail Podcast. Now, as the majority of our listeners are runners, how does and how can nutrition affect running, especially in those with knee pain?
1: Well, as I said, I think there's a relation, definitely a relationship now between uh, that we understand between. Uh, inflammation and and diet, um, and inflammation seems to be the basis of a lot of medical issues. Uh, whether that be uh, early osteoarthritis, whether it be uh, uh, pain at the front of the knee, whether it be uh, tendon uh, issues and so on, there's a lot of a large component of inflammation in that. Now we know that you know inflammation is is healthy in some ways because, you know, it's a response to injury. But what we don't want is sort of chronic, low-grade inflammation. And uh, that's the cause of a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, uh, and a lot of runners having to stop running. So anything we can do to reduce that inflammation, then so much the better. And we know there are a number of factors that can uh, affect inflammation. We know that there are things like, uh, you know, too much exercise, for instance, or even too little exercise. Um, you know, smoking, alcohol, uh, poor sleep, stress, lack of sun, all these things can uh, contribute to to inflammation. But the one area that I really believe strongly that that has a massive effect on inflammation is diet. And we know now there's good evidence that uh, there are pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory aspects to people's diet. So the pro-inflammatory things are sugar, uh, that's probably the worst of all. Uh, definitely, uh, very inflammatory in nature. Processed sort of carbohydrates, uh, ultra processed foods. So, vegetable oils. Um, yeah. So most processed foods consist of some sort of combination of sugar and vegetable oils, and uh, and grains too. A lot of people find grains inflammatory. Um, so that combination is uh, is definitely inflammatory. And by reducing the intake of those uh, those foods you can have a marked effect on on inflammation and therefore pain we also know that there are some foods that, that are anti-inflammatory in nature themselves and particularly what we call the omega 3 foods so uh, so fish and uh, and fish oil and that and so on are uh, are very anti-inflammatory for instance so you can really affect uh, and to be honest i i had zero understanding of this until uh, the last few years so uh it's uh, to my, you know, absolute detriment that I didn't understand this until fairly recently, and uh, it's amazing the, the difference it makes. I have people who come in and, uh, you know, can hardly walk, and and uh, and come back, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later and uh, and say they've virtually lost all their uh, all their pain, all their inflammatory pain, and uh, it really makes a, a big difference. And it's so much better for you than than you know taking anti-inflammatory tablets and and things like that, which is a standard thing we do when we. Uh, we have inflammation, so we're much better off countering these things with diet and other lifestyle, uh, the other lifestyle issues I mentioned before, than uh, just reverting to uh, to drugs the whole time. So well, I think it's uh, you know it's a really fascinating area, and uh, we're doing some research on this at uh, at La Trobe at the moment, looking at the link between the sort of an anti-inflammatory diet and uh, and osteoarthritis, and uh, and we're having some very uh, very encouraging early results. So. Watch this space. I think it'll become uh, more and more a part of the treatment of uh, of things like uh, you know osteoarthritis and uh, and knee pain and so on. Will be a will be a component of uh, of nutrition as well as obviously uh, exercise, which is the you know the, the other basis of uh, of treatment. So that combination of nutrition and exercise is just so uh, so important and uh, equally both equally important in, in both prevention and management of uh, of disease.
0: You mentioned inflammation and the effect that nutrition can have on inflammation. I wanted to ask, what can we learn of the importance of nutrition in maintaining training volume, especially high training volumes, in both male and female runners?
1: Another fascinating area of research. I've had a long-standing interest in stress fractures, I wrote a book on uh, I think the only book that's ever been written on stress fractures many, many years ago. Um, and uh, you know, we've always sort of thought there was some link uh, between, uh, between nutrition and weight and, and hormones and, and so on, particularly in the, in the female athlete. Um, obviously, there's, there's a major sort of excess load factor in the development of, of stress fractures and, uh, and bony, bony stress injuries in, the, in athletes. There's no doubt about that. But uh, what we've come to understand more is, is this uh, concept or this condition you know, known as REDS, Relative Energy Deficiency Syndrome. And really what that, in a nutshell, what that says is that you don't eat enough compared to the amount of energy that you're expending. And eventually, over a lengthy period of time, that energy deficiency, if you like, that difference between the, the, what you're taking in and what you're putting out, does affect bone health and bone strength and makes you uh, um, more susceptible to uh, weakening of the bone. And therefore that combination of high uh, volume of training, high volume of running, plus that uh, that energy deficiency leading to the weakness of the bone can lead to uh, to bone stress injuries and stress fractures. Seems to be more of a problem in female athletes. Than uh, that in males, the female athletes. So many uh, female athletes are obsessed about the, their weight, and often uh, you know bullied into it by their coaches, telling them not to uh, not to get fat, and that they uh, they become extremely skinny. They reduce their their uh, uh, intake of food, and over a period of time, they develop this relative energy deficiency and weakened weakened bones, and ultimately with stress fractures. So. Um, We've got a much better understanding of that than we used to, and I think it's really important for uh, for runners to understand that uh, you know you need um, you need to eat properly, but again, if you eat real food, you know you're not going to put on weight. Uh, the, the problem is what's happened previously. I think is that athletes have eaten uh, a lot of carbohydrates and um, and then put on weight, and therefore they'll stop eating and uh, and try and reduce their weight. They're much better off if they're on a relatively low carbohydrate real food diet uh, to uh, to sustain them through their their training and then that's not going to uh, lead to to weight gain which uh, you know there in turn results in uh, you know crazy restriction of, uh, of food so it's really important to get into a good eating habit uh, and it's exactly the same principles I was talking about before with with general health uh it's just that, uh, that real food uh, is really, uh, really important. But uh, you've got to make sure there's enough of it to, uh, to fuel your, uh, you know, your energy system.
0: Most definitely. Now,
1: Peter, before
0: we let you go, could you please leave our listeners with three take-home messages for managing their capacity to run, whether or not that be through running itself and training load or through nutrition?
1: Right. Well, at the risk of being repetitious, number one is manage your running load. That's the you know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you if you're sensible about your running load um, and you slowly increase it, um, you want to either, either increase your volume or your intensity, not both at the same time and just do it on a very gradual process. We get very impatient, you know, we wanna sort of get from zero to running up, you know, a half marathon in, in no time at all. And these things take time, your body takes time to adapt. So manage your load, be sensible, gradually increase uh, your load. Um, I think recovery is really important. Uh, you can't just sort of, you know, run, 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 every day, twice a day or whatever um, without recovery. I think, you know, you've got to alternate intense sessions with recovery sessions and recovery days you know runners running is a very addictive thing and you know it's fantastic don't get me wrong I, you know i support running uh, uh, enormously but uh, it can be very addictive and uh, and runners can actually feel guilty taking a day off and you've got to look at a day off as a, as a positive you know as a recovery process you're actually part of your training Rather than sort of not doing something, so I think the psychology of that's really important. So recovery is uh, giving yourself ample time to recover is is fine. And then if you're not feeling well, and if you're feeling uh, you know either tired or, or sick, or unwell, take a day off. You know that's it's not going to be the end of the world having to take a day off. And then my final thing really is is uh, getting back to the nutrition part of it. And uh, and I think if I left with one message, I'd just say Jurf. J-E-R-F, just eat real food. If you do that, you can't go too far wrong.
0: Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on The Trail podcast. Thank you again for making the time to chat with us today.
1: Oh, it been a real pleasure, Matt. Enjoyed it.
0: If you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to share it with family and friends with or without knee pain. If you're interested in learning more, Head to the Latrobe Sport and Exercise Medicine Research Centre's Twitter account at Latrobe SEM. You can also find us on Facebook at Latrobe SEMRC. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again for the next instalment of the Trail podcast.